Hi. Welcome to It Came From New Jersey, a podcast about music from New Jersey. Uh, my name is Bob, and I am one of your hosts. And my name is Pete. I'm uh, your other host. How's it going, Pete? It's going well. Um, you know, I was just talking to you about, uh, I was playing my drums before. I was trying yeah. to get back into the double kick pedal, and... Uh, <laughs> It's not. It's not going as well as I uh, I had hoped, really. Well, so let's let's talk about this real quick. Uh, we are a music podcast and all that. What with playing the drums, is it like riding a bike? Can you just take a break and then jump back in, or does it feel like, or is it more like it's like riding a bike? But at one point, you could do BMX tri- tricks, and now. You can still pedal, but like you're not bunny hopping over over the the median. Yeah, I don't really think it's like riding a bike. Um, at least <laughs> good, not good. For, at least not for me. I mean, it's the kind of thing where if you're not like in like the right shape for it, it just you're not able to do the things that you were once able to do. Like, um. You know, I I don't think I was ever very good at using a double kick pedal, really. Right. But I definitely like lost that ability and kind of have to relearn it now. You know, and I know, like, I know in terms of like what I'm supposed to do to make it work, and like I know what I want it to sound like. I just like physically can't make it happen yet, and I think it's a matter of like just getting back in shape to the f- point that I can do that, you know? So like, yeah, it's kind of different. Well, and I think a part that's really different is the, you were there once, you know, there, you know how to do it vaguely. Yeah. But capability changes. And so if you aren't able to, man, there's a little level of frustration there. It's I, frustrating. I, uh, Cause I know, I know exactly like what I'm supposed to like, like, how it feels to accomplish the thing, but I like can't get there, you know? So, Oh yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. My, my neighbors are going to fucking hate me, but you know, I'll get there. <laughs> well, uh, we normally save this to the end of the episode, but I uh, want to thank everyone who has been checking out the, the podcast so far. It's been really fun. Uh, you can email us at. It came from njpod at gmail.com. And follow us on social media at. Uh, it came from NJ Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Perfect. You can find us as well. Very cool. So uh, we we are talking double kick, um, but but that's not really the energy of today's artist. Uh, not really. I don't think. Right? No, it definitely isn't. No, I, I you know a little more more stripped down on the drumming side of things here with <clears throat> the band Screaming Females and the record Power Move. Um, which came out in 2009 on Don Giovanni Records, which is a you know um, additionally notable because it's a label based in New Jersey. Uh, while I, I know they work with bands who are not from New Jersey, I think that's kind of their bread and butter. So yeah. um, really cool. Um, Absolutely. Fun fact. Screaming Females, not what's just that? To, just to throw this in there, I was actually on Don Giovanni number two. Whoa, wait, what was that? That was uh, Kamikaze, the Seppuku 7-inch. That's number two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. All I don't right. know what number one is. I should, but I don't. <sighs> I know. Yeah. We'll 
we'll dive into the annals of uh, Don Giovanni's disco- discography at some point. That'd actually be fun to do some record label, New Jersey-based record label episodes. Maybe maybe sometime we'll get there. I mean, great, super prolific record label. Um, I think now based out, based out of Chicago, but... Um, Mm-hmm. We can call it a Jersey label for sure. Oh, oh! I think I think they would be very happy to have that yeah. that tag um, stay with them. So, screaming females. <clears throat> what I know, what I don't know, and what I went into this going with. Um, screaming females are a band who I've been familiar with, know a handful of songs, but no full albums really well, and thought this was a fantastic reason and motivation to to do a dive uh they are from new brunswick new jersey um like many many other bands uh have been around i want to say since uh 2006 or 7 something like that they've been around 2005 actually wow um but this is their first um first record that was released on a, a major album major you know on a, a, a this is their first non-self-released record we'll call it that um i guess it's their third proper full length but it's the first one that really caught my attention uh i think it you know for lack of a better term it made a little bit of hay people were noticing it it got kind of picked up and and uh caught some attention certainly caught my attention um to the fact that I think I own it on vinyl, but as mentioned, it's just one of these records I never sat with and gave the attention I would have liked to. So um, this was cool to be able to do that, uh, even though um, coming out, I, I didn't I didn't feel the way I wanted to feel after listening because this is a band who I like and really want to like more than I do. So... Uh, before I keep rambling, Pete, <laughs> your experience with Screaming Females and this record, Power Move. So somewhat similar to you, um, I've never actually owned any of their albums, um, but they're definitely a band that I've heard a lot about for a long time, um, not only just because I think they've been kind of unavoidable, um, you know, playing, they like nonstop touring. I feel like this band is constantly playing regardless of where you live in the United States or Europe or wherever. Right. Um, but, you know, definitely familiar with them also because of the Don Giovanni Association, the New Jersey Association, all that stuff. So um, I've seen them live. They totally kill live. Um, really fantastic live band. Um, but for some reason, you know, I never really... Um, bought an album. I, I think I, I listened to ugly when it came out. I listened to, I forget the name of the newest record. Um, uh, all at once, all at once. I listened to that when it came out. Um, but honestly, you know, and not to give away too much, but for me, they were kind of always a live band. Like if they play, I'll go see them. Um, but it's not the kind of thing that I, you know, like will bliss out to at home really. Um, but killer band, um, yeah, that's yeah, what I got to no, say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, a question for you, though, real quick is... Yes. This album, of all of them, why did you pick this one? I guess because it was the first one that I became aware of. And it was the record that I remember being like, oh, okay, 
this is kind of this is on radar and you know it's funny when that happens because sometimes it's actually the band and the profile being raised Mm -hmm. and other times it's you you know other times it's your antenna went up a little higher than they had previously been um and I think it's a little mix of both here. I do think this record had a decent profile. Like I think this record, um, sort of, sort of like moved them into a bigger space than they had been previously, and was at the start of them moving from being kind of the New Jersey, New Brunswick basement kind of like building an audience, and then going beyond that. You know, yeah. Um, and so, so that kind of leads us to where why I picked this one, and and you know to be honest, I am upon listening to this, I was like, oh, you know what? I don't know if this was the right pick, but but as we do this, there's no wrong pick, you know. There's a, there's just which which would you start with, and we'll get there with questions like, would this be my entry point? I don't know that this would be my entry point actually, um, but but yeah, I. I I am happy we were talking about it. Um, how how do you want to start on this one today? Because, I mean, pretty straightforward history. Yeah. From New Brunswick, came from the basement scene, kind of playing. I mean, they're a band who plays in pretty big, uh, you know, venues at this point. They're not they're not some stadium rock band, but these this is a band who who does pretty well and and is well-known if you are into indie rock, I guess, you know, largely speaking. And, and I, I use that in the the broadest possible sense. If you are into underground guitar-based music, you should probably have heard of this band by now. Yeah, I was actually, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that just in terms of like where it fits in as a genre. Like, you know, it's definitely, there's indie rock, you know, association and influence, but there's also like alt rock, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know, like, what do you call, you know, I was thinking of like Sleater, Kenny, Bikini Kill, you know, bands like that. Like, is that indie rock? Is that punk rock? Is it, you know, I don't know, but, uh, let me, let me pull back the curtain for a second. So one of the things that we typically do, uh, that I don't know, I, I like it. It's a nice kind of ritual that we are a part of at this point. But usually the day of the episode, and we didn't do it today. It kind of threw me off. Um, one of us, one or the other, will will send a question to think about about the record that we're doing. And my question for you for today, for this record, was: Is this punk music? Question <laughs> mark. Because um, because my answer is largely no. Uh, because. I, you know, if I were to pick musical like comparisons, I hear Sleater Kenny for sure. I hear a myriad of 70s rock influences. I mean, for everything sure. from Black Sabbath to Kiss, um, <laughs> you know, yep. I'm hearing in here. I'm hearing, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the band The Thermals. I, I hear a little bit of that. Uh, and there's a few other things that I hear in there. Some of the Ted Leo material that he's mm-hmm. done, I can hear some of that. But to me, this sounds like post 2000s New York City underground, not punk music. 
You know what I mean? It's stripped down, but but competent. And this isn't like this record. As they continue on, they get this isn't some small. This isn't lo-fi by any means. Please don't mistake it for that. But there's a certain rawness to a band who I just said has parts that remind me of Black Sabbath and Kiss. So so pull that in. Yeah. But um, but I think there's you know maybe it's a lack of pretense that lends itself to that. But there's a, a number of bands that fell into this world. And, and, you know, I think if I were to really call this, this map and try to put like, all right, here's some other bands I could largely group with this. A lot of them are New York city bands from like 2003 to 2010. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, would, would, is this punk music? Is this punk music? I think I'm going to give like the corniest answer possible. Um, I mean, the reality for me, like, all right, let me take a step back. We were talking Wait. about SZA the other week, right? Yes, we were. And you asked me about um, whether it was, I forget the exact question, but it was like, is this, you know, post 2000 R&B, like hip hop or like, like how, a how post you, indie, post indie rock R&B or something like that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And my, my answer was like, it doesn't matter. And you know, I, that's right. That's kind of where I'm at with this too. Like, like honestly, uh, and you know, all of you punk rock, uh, you dedicated punk rock fans out there, like lifers. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, like, I don't know that punk rock exists really. Like, I feel like it's, it's like a, it's kind of a, like a, it exists in spirit, right? Um, that's kind of how I feel about it at this point. Um, you don't have like new bands sounding like discharge really, unless they're like trying to sound like discharge. discharge, Right. Sure. Sure. Um, Sure. At this point, it's kind of like what has happened, what happened in punk rock through the seventies, eighties, nineties, um, has taken different forms. And I think like the spirit of punk is like, what's much more important now and much more influential. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, is it a punk rock record in spirit? Yeah, definitely. But I don't think it sounds like a punk record. I think, you know, again, it has those, it has some influences that you can point out, but absolutely. Um, yeah, it kind of, I mean, that's why it's tough to categorize. I think that there's indie influences, there's seventies rock influences, like you were saying, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, but simple answer to your question. No, not a punk record. I, I really appreciate the way you put that because I, I think I'd largely agree. Um, and I also want to say that's, this isn't totally a new phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> Sleater Kinney is a great example because it's like, is Sleater Kinney a punk band? Not really. Not by sonic measures per se. You know, especially not by their mid-era, you know, but the energy and spirit of it, certainly, you know, like what they were going for and what they were trying to accomplish as a, as artists were, was something more, there was more to their music than just like, hey, we have some rocking tunes. Although there was an element of that too, you know, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't not about the music, but it wasn't just about the music, if that all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, one of the examples I think of, and it's actually, it's funny because I think of Dinosaur Jr. Um, and I actually saw the the time I saw Screaming Females, I saw them open for Dinosaur Jr. Um, but Dinosaur Jr., you know, like they're not a punk band. Um, 
no. they were doing their thing in the eighties. I wouldn't consider them yes. a punk band, but like they're like alt rock indie, like just messy, you know, like noisy rock music, you know, but they're definitely punk in spirit, you know, like they're different than your average, you know, indie band or average alt, alt rock band, you know? So, yo, uh, I mean, exactly. Like there's this whole world of bands and artists who after the very first wave of, uh, American punk and, you know, hardcore music, uh, went on to do different things that it's like, yo, sonically, I, I have a hard time calling this punk, but obviously the spirit and energy with which they're playing this music is, and that's a perfect example is Dinosaur Jr. So, um, so on Screaming Females, yeah, I, I think I largely agree. It doesn't matter. It is rock music. If this was 1992, we would be calling this college rock because it was such an easy label to yeah. to throw on things that were not very easily labeled. Um, I would say we should bring that back, but like people in college are obviously not, li- well, some people in college are listening <laughs> to screaming females, but generally that's not the, not the thing. I think it's a good term. I think it's, I think it's um, great. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like you get the energy of it more so than the sound. And it really does kind of slap on a like, Oh, you know, it's kind of like a college rock thing, which could mean anything from dinosaur junior to you know sonic youth to you know yeah. i don't know hum you know like it's 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 all over anything yeah, that's yeah. uh punk adjacent to indie to alt to you know even more noisy stuff you can really slap that one on there um let me start with this record um going in going in i thought this would be my favorite screaming females record so another reason i started and picked this I have always, for whatever reasons, really enjoyed this band. I think I saw them once, and you're dead on. Killer live. Like, just so much energy. And it sort of pulsates, and you can feel it in the audience. But but it's one of those bands where it's like, oh, I bet this in a small, small venue gave off that same, like, oh, my God, the whole room is pulsing, as it does when they're playing a sold-out show, you know? Yeah. Um. Which is not always the case. Like, like, let's both be very honest. There are many artists who thrive in one and fail in the other. And sometimes it can be flipped. Um, so that's a huge compliment to say that I think it's a, a an act that works in both spaces really well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I saw him for open for Dinosaur Jr., it was probably to a room of a thousand people. And they were arguably better than Dino that night. And like, I love Dinosaur mm-hmm. Jr. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, they, I think also regularly play room to rooms of like 75 to a hundred people. And like, I'm sure that it's, you know, just as killer. So yeah, for sure. And I, I wonder, I wonder how often they play this uh, more small shows because I know they're, they're pulling at this point. They're really, uh, they, they've got, they got a little bit of a base. I'm pretty sure. sure. Yeah. What's that place in, is it the Warsaw in Brooklyn? Yep. Pretty sure they sell that out at this point. Yeah. So and that's so that's, good. That's definitely good. a big enough space. Yeah, good on them. Um, so I went into this thinking this would be my favorite record of theirs. Um, I, I do own it, but I have not really spent time with it since I bought it, listened to it once or twice, and then put it away. Um, and was really when I did my listen, I was looking. I was like, okay, I know I knew a song off of it really well. 
um, and was like, okay, what are the other tracks that I'm going to vibe on? Let me see where we're at. So um, where were you at with this record beforehand? Anything else? Were you, you didn't have any familiarity with this record, correct? I had no familiarity. I think I listened to them originally um, when Ugly came out because I, I think that that record got like a particular... A, like a significant amount of press because Steve Albini had produced it. That's right. Um, and it was just one of those moments where I was like, you know, I've heard a lot about this band. I should listen to them. And uh, that's kind of where I, I may have heard songs here and there, you know, before, but just really wasn't paying attention, I guess. For sure. For sure. So, um, you know, and not to get to the spoilers here, but I didn't like it as much as I hoped. Yeah. I'll be very plain about it. Um, the song I was familiar with going in was the first song, Bell, which I think is likely the best song on this record. I think there's two, maybe three others that I, I would also include as like, hey, these are these are cool songs. I, I like them. But Bell um, has a driving beat to it. Incredible opener. Like just really... You know, and that might be part of why I was drawn to this record so much was it just has a driving beat, pulls you in immediately and kind of keeps you on your toes. Uh, it's hard as someone who listens to extremely fast music sometimes to say that something has a frenetic energy when it is a pretty mid-tempo, but this has a frenetic energy. There's something really kind of rattling around in that first song. And I think that's one of the things I most identify this song with the band, and I, I kind of love it. Like, um, as part of this exercise, I, I dove into their catalog a little bit, and this song's still one of my favorite songs of theirs. But it's prob, but the album's not um, probably not in my top three of the records I listen to. So, um, where were you at, broadly speaking, on this record? Yeah, I mean the. The opening track for me, uh, I feel the same as you. It was super strong. I feel like it really gave um, it gave you kind of a um, a peek into like every element of the band. You know, it has like good verse, good chorus, really strong um, guitar lead break. Yes. Um, you know, super catchy. Um, her vocals kind of she she kind of displays like the full range of her vocals in this song agree um, that she explores like you know through the other songs um i thought it was great i mean like to me it's like the real standout track of the album and i think um i don't know i wonder if they still play like this song live or i mean they have so many albums at this point i think they have seven albums so like right um it's curious to me like i guess now that this was what uh, 11 years ago. ago. Yeah. 10, 10, 11 years ago. Like which songs from this album they still play if they play any. That's a great question. Um, so, okay, let's, let's pull it apart a little bit. We both agree. Bell. Excellent song. Excellent. This, this record in general speaking, and we do our best to be really respectful because I hope under people understand that energy. This is, this is an exercise in, in listening to music and, kind of t- sitting with it, pulling it apart and talking about the things you like and, and also identifying things that didn't resonate with you. So hopefully if you haven't listened to this record, you can pause it right here. We're about <laughs> somewhere in the 20 ish minutes range. So just pause us 
All right, and you came back. Good job. So, so you have your own thoughts on the record. We appreciate that. I think this band thrives. I think I think screaming females thrive on this record, but others as well. When they're driving, when they're kind of keeping the hooks at the front, and um, and I think they evolved and started to see that. Like I think by Ugly, you really see they had honed in a little bit of their 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 melodies and and like what really really works for them and uh and you know like on this record i think bell the the melody the the hooks are just great it just drives it moves you around it's like a very powerful song but then i don't know if i get another track that does that for me until maybe starving dog which is the fifth song um parts of i believe in evil and adult army and then the last song, "Buried in the Nude." There's some parts I really, I really vibe on there. Yeah. So they thrive when they're driving. What were you gonna say? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, I can just go into. I mean, um, the. I agree with you. Like, I think that it's. Um, they're, the record for me does not flow, you know, all that well. Um, if I'm being honest, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I was really thinking about when I thought about seeing them live, like they're a killer live band again. Um, that being said, this is their third, you know, full length record. They had probably crossed the United States playing shows like numerous times at this point. You know, they were a band from my recollection that was playing constantly from square one, you know? So, when I was listening to this record, I also I, I I also thought about that a lot. Where it's like they were a live band, you know. And when you're a live band, it's hard to bring that into the studio and get it right. Um, I think that a lot of these songs, had I seen them at the time live, would have like totally killed. Yeah. But bringing them into the studio, it like just either it wasn't done in the most effective way or, you know, maybe they were like kind of less, I mean, they were definitely still learning how to record. I think they've like undoubtedly gotten better at that. And I'd actually be curious to hear from them on like what they think of kind of this era. Um, But I think uh, this is like, they're a live band at this point. They're like a band that probably went in and like did this, like knocked out this recording in like two takes, you know? Oh, I, yes, I bet so. I mean, if that. So, like, um, I tried to keep that in mind because I, I, I don't think it's that the the songs are, like, weak. I just think that they could have evolved a little bit more and not just, you know, said, like, all right, we got the record, we got the collection of songs, like, let's throw it down, you know? Um, and I think they've, over time, like, definitely gotten better at thinking about, like, this is the album. This is what it's going to sound like as an album. And like, let's go in and record, you know? So, um, it's, it's a, it's a really strong early album, but I think, um, you know, it definitely doesn't, I imagine it's not the best screaming females record, but I can't say that confidently because I haven't listened to all of them. 
No, I I think I think you're right on with that. I think you're kind of like hitting a lot of points. I uh, so just to kind of go through it, I think that the flow on this record is not there. <clears throat> uh, the first transition this from Bell is it? Am I saying it right? Uh, from yeah, Bell to um, from Bell to Sour Grapes. Yeah, Sour Grapes is a, actually a fine song. Um, there's part, there's parts of it that are fine, but it just doesn't, you go from this like very driving song, pulsating to a song that kind of dances a little bit and it's like bouncy, but in a really different way. And, uh, in a way that's like, how do you say something like where you're not trying to dismiss a song because I think isolated on its own that song's fine it's it's cool but because it comes after such a powerful song it almost looks weak in comparison even though it's not it's just that through the flow perhaps the song's better at track six or seven and and you know here's where we sound like grandfathers because we're talking about album flow but hey that's, I know. that's, that's what you got <laughs> um we're gonna get there on a, another episode coming soon where where album flow i think matters 0.0 percent um, <laughs> I mean, I felt the same way about this one. Like, I wanted them to take it up a notch, mm-hmm. and instead they brought it way down, and it just kind of it it for them, for me it dragged. I think the guitar lead in Sour Grapes is awesome, great. Um, but uh, the song, like, maybe it's just because I was listening to it in, as an album, and I I think to yep. your point, like, world men like yeah. think about <laughs> album flow. Like, maybe we should just like not think about that but yeah maybe maybe we should do some isolation where we we do a couple of these songs just on their own yeah and then we can get into the uh grandpa grandpa simpson bag where we're yep. like wow bah, bah, bah. yeah um, <laughs> but that being said i mean like you know i do think that screaming females you know what i know about them I have to think that they're they all listen to albums and think of things as albums. I mean, they oh, come from, I think they so come too. From punk rock, indie world, and like that's a world that still appreciates a good album, you know. So, I have to think that was part of the process here. So, so going in on what I know, which is only from listening, um, I listen to Power Move, then I listen to the record that follows this up, Castle Talk, and then I listen to Ugly, and I went, oh, okay, well, of these three. And and then I listened to some of the newest one, which is all at once. I didn't I didn't get a chance to dive into the 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 one in between ugly and all at once, but but I went oh okay well the cool thing is I think that I like ugly the best and then all at once and then castle talk and then power move, which is uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that even like ugly flows so much better. And um, it just, there's almost like a command of a sound that you hear by the time they're they're writing this record. You know, when you hear Ugly, Ugly is a longer record, has more songs, but it almost, it because of the flow, it goes down so smoothly. And some of the, the more clunky parts of Power Move, which, and like, to somebody who's out there listening, who this is your favorite record, please take no distress from our commentary. Like it's still like, this is still a record that's impressive in a way that's like, Hey, this made, made me put it on our, on this podcast because I think it's a notable record from New Jersey just on its own. Um, 
come to think of it, though, Screaming Females probably have two or three other records that'll be uh, get higher praise from us when we inevitably do those records. Yeah. Um, the transition from Bell to Sour Grapes to Skull, and Skull maybe is where I really got lost on the record because that's the one where they get kind of into some Black Sabbath dirgy parts. Yeah. And that to me, like, for me, it was interesting because I thought to myself, like, this could, like, that may have been my favorite song on the record. Or I, I should say, potentially, was potentially my favorite song on the record. But I think the production is so thin that, like, where where it's actually heavy, it doesn't sound heavy, if that makes sense. like For sure. No, I mean, it's not. Yes, because um, I can be a sucker for that stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, me too. You hit that yeah. bluesy uh sabbath heavy guitar churn i uh it can pull me in but it didn't it didn't totally sound right here sound a little out of place and because i was listening to it album flow style you know if this song if that song came up on shuffle on spotify i might feel a different way about it um so so let's let's talk about this. Let's go through. Usually we t- pull apart a record towards the end. We're going to pull it apart here and then talk about a few other things that I think are highlights of the record. Um, how do you feel about that? Cool. Sounds good. First track, Bell. Keeper. The hit. Keeper. Yep. Uh, um, so so we're, we're, we're saying we're a new record label and we have the opportunity to <laughs> license Power Move on a track-by-track basis. And we're going to see where we end up. Uh, So it's going to be take it or leave it. So Bell, we're saying take it. Strong opener. Wouldn't change a thing about it. Not a a thing. Sour Grapes. Um, Great great guitar lead, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Some creative flourishes. Uh, I'm leaving it. I would leave it. I would just put it in a different position on the record. Oh, no, no. We're taking it if we're we're keeping it. So you're going to take it? Oh, so I have to take it where it is. No, no, no. You take it, meaning you'll take it with you to the new record. Yes, I'll take it with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Skull. Um, taking it. Leaving it. Treacher Collins. Um, that song kind of washed over me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it. Leaving it. Starving dog. Starving dog. Um, I am going to take it. I'm taking it. Uh, that one kind of pulled me in a little bit. Lights out. I didn't love it, but I love. I really like the the riffs that they have going on in it. Like yes, yeah, that's yeah, cool. I mean, she's a killer guitar player, and she comes oh. up with cool riffs. You know, so yeah, yeah, yes, like. Like we're gonna get into that whole thing. That's what I want to pull apart is that the fact that this is like not just good. So I actually had the opportunity. I was in the studio with with a friend's band, and they had um, uh, a friend of theirs come in and do guest vocals, and we didn't. I didn't know what to expect, and you know, she actually identified. She's like, "Yeah, I'm more of a drummer, but you know, I can sing a little bit, and it's it's cool that you ha- wanted me to come sing on this record." And when she got into the the booth, we were like, oh, whoa, she can really sing. And uh, as we were leaving, I was like, hey, look, like there's people who have a good voice and an interesting voice 
and you've got both. And uh, and that's something I would also give to uh, Marissa from Screaming Females because she has a good voice and an interesting voice. And on top of that is is playing guitar and just is like a shredder. Like is yeah, just like shredder. And, and like, again, the duality of a guitar player, competency and creativity. Like I always talk about that. It's like, well, you could be the best guitar player, and that means that you can play every song. But to be the greatest guitar player, you need to be really creative and, and be able to write every song, you know, or or write the coolest songs rather. Right. And uh, and and I mean that is a huge, huge benefit of, of Screaming Females, and I think one of the biggest strengths of the band is like how creative some of the songs are, even in like some of the more structured formats. Like uh, some of these are really easy for me to understand as a listener because they're really well put together. You know, when you listen to more noisy or drawn out music, sometimes the song structures start to, to flux and, and it's fine. But like when I break it down, like, Hmm, what am I not getting out of this song or what are the parts I don't like? It's when they feel disjointed for the most part, power move for sure but especially when you get to ugly they have almost impeccable song structures everything just feels like it comes to a natural conclusion and and really lines up nicely which uh, is sorry because they definitely like toy with that a lot uh yeah at least in this record you know and i I'm think sure they're super they playful with the way they do it and it's 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 clever in the most complimentary of ways i think yeah. it's really cool um so then I go lights out. I believe in evil and adult army. I'll take all of them. Um, I think that's actually a pretty solid section. Adult army has some of the catchiest parts in the song. My mm-hmm. only downside is that it's five minutes long. Yeah. I actually, I thought the exact same thing. It feels really long. And that one adult army, um, I really liked the kind of spacey guitar effect that it opens with. Yep. And I really wanted it wanted it to take that direction and for me it just like it took a different turn and it turned into a really catchy upbeat song that I yep. like but that actually, you know, you were talking about flow before that to me is like actually one of the kind of more prime examples on this album where I think that that could have been broken out into two completely different songs. And I think like it would have benefited. For sure. That. Yeah. I think that's one of the parts as we're talking about this, their songwriting. I think, I think they start kind of uh, sharpening the pencil on that stuff as they go forward. Even, even by the next record, you're starting to see like decisions that I, I am more like, Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, this makes more yeah. sense to me. But I, but I think like, and just to, just to even like elaborate on the the live band point that I made before, like there are a lot of different types of bands, right? I mean, I think I mentioned in yes. one of the earlier episodes, um, I'm a huge Guided by Voices fan and Guided by Voices are a band that record, they're like the apex of college rock, you know, them or Pavement, oh, I yeah. guess. But like all they do is record and put things out. And like, so essentially you end up with, a lot of recordings, but like you see the entire process of the band and kind of like where they 
kind of miss and where they hit and like what they're good at and what they're not good at, but they're like kind of throwing everything at the wall and mm-hmm. exposing you to it. Um, I think that I, I would put screaming females in that camp of bands that like, there's a lot of output. They're always playing live. They're always trying something new and like, there's inevitably going to be misses. So it's not even like a diss, you know, if I don't like something, it's just like, I, I, I really appreciate like that sort of process and that type of band where like, you know, I'm sure that they probably aren't super happy with some of the decisions on this record or other records, but like, you know, they were like, fuck it. Like, like get records out. We got to like keep moving. Let's go. Yeah. Like, like keep I things moving. Like, I, I think that too. That's a, that's a whole different strategy, you know? Yeah. I think for a band with this level of discography, you know, like, Let's go through this really quick. Studio albums starting in 2006. Baby Teeth, 2006. 2007, What If Someone Is Watching Their TV. 2009, Power Move. 2010, Castle Talked. 2012, Ugly. 2015, Rose Mountain. 2018, All At Once. Like, yo, what? And then there's all (laughs) kinds of singles in between all that. All kinds of singles. There's a single collection in 2019. It's just, it's an impressive amount of output. And then to just kind of keep things moving forward uh, it's very impressive um i think i, I the only the other, the last thing i wanted to know is the the song T- buried in the nude which is the last song on the record i love because it's it's sort of <clears throat> it bookends the record in this way that uh it goes out on a high note mm-hmm. but also this is where like my question of is this punk music this is almost the most desperate song and like it's really pulling at you and, and it's uh, emotive. And yeah, it's just, it's, it adds to the complexity of the record at a point where I didn't think that they would. Um, yeah. And, and like, I, I think that song uh, probably is my behind bell, my second favorite song on the whole record. So I agree, actually. Yeah. I think it's like, it has a super catchy hook, but it's also really, it has like that chaos and intensity um, yeah. that I like. And I think they're really good at. Um, yep. And I think, uh, yeah, super strong opener, super strong closer, closer. I think that, uh, you know, not. And there's some things, there's some, there's some high points in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. High um, points, but so before, so, so huge compliments to scream females. Uh, I actually think to ask this question, would this be the entry point you would point someone to for this band? Um, you know, I can't answer that confidently, but I don't (laughs) think, I don't think it would be. I mean, I have to imagine that they've had, you know, uh, four albums since this. Um, yeah. And, you know, honestly the ones i listened to i listened to a little while ago so i don't remember but i definitely remember the last album um that came out i think last year or 20 2019 2018 yep um, that was stronger as an album you yeah. know so i think they definitely um progressed since this but i think it's also probably an interesting period in their you know in their history at this point because they've been a band for 15 years Mm-hmm. I think that I would actually point at all at once as the entry point as well. Uh, the song I'll Make You Sorry off that record is just great. And um, I think they, again, I just think that everything got tightened up. Um, I, you know, we're, we're 
espousing this funny thing on a band like Screaming Females where they have prolific output. When you think about the artists we're comparing them to, they're they're <laughs> top of the pop stuff, you know, like saying guided by voices, saying dinosaur junior. It's like, yeah, that's pretty high praise, but I feel like they're worthy of it. Um Dude, I mean, straight up, when I saw them open for Dino, like they Dinosaur Jr., if you know anything about this band, they have a tendency to play very loud. Um, that's kind of like their shtick if they had a shtick. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, and uh Screaming females are super loud as well, but they did it in this way that was like they actually had the volume, you know, kind of set up the right way. Whereas Dinosaur Jr. just kind of blew out the house system and like it didn't even <laughs> sound good, you know, like you couldn't even really make out the songs. Like, yeah, th- yeah, thanks, Dino. Yeah. So, I mean, Screaming Females, I, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I would definitely put them in that sort of pantheon. I think that they just, at this point in their career, what they needed were like some more kind of memorable like hooks that that, that I yeah. think got to later, you know. No, I mean, and you know, and making a comparison, I think it's when you, if you were to listen to uh, the first, you know, Dinosaur Junior full length Dinosaur or whatever it is, you know, um, yeah. and then hear the comparison by the time, even by the time they hit Bug, it's like, oh yeah, you got it, you figured it out, and it's not to say that there weren't memorable moments on the first record, but as they progress, you go more and more like, whoa, you, you've got this down, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say entry point, the, the newest record all at once is a great entry point. Um, I have a feeling we will revisit this band at some point. Uh, I mean, I feel like they're a band that's like the best is yet to come, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, which is wild to say for a band with seven albums. But like, yeah, like, oh, so that's where I was going was, um, so so I'd say All at Once is a good entry point, but I also, to, to use another Pantheon band, um, Husker Du is a band who I struggled with for years to get into because I treated them like, let me sit down and listen to their albums as albums. And there were parts that I liked more and less. And, you know, probably being a 16-year-old who got the Zen Arcade double LP and it just was kind of not what I was looking for at that time didn't help. But not too long ago, um, you know, a friend helped me put together a, a uh, Husker Du, essentially a, a mix list uh, on Spotify, a playlist and it gave me such a stronger appreciation for highlight tracks that I was able to then kind of backdoor into the albums in a stronger way. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Screaming Females would be great for that as well, which maybe speaks more to the generation of listeners right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think they're that kind of band, and I'm not even, again, I'm not even schooled on all their stuff. But. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we are going to let's let's put a bow on this one. Uh, thank you to Screaming Females. Thank you for Power Move. Appreciate it. And do you want to announce what we're going to do next week? Or you want to keep it a surprise? Um, I'll announce it. So next week we are going to do the album um, by Halsey um, called Manic. Um, I wanted to do a record that came out in 2020. Um, you know, we've kind of covered every decade at this point, but we, I don't think we've dipped into actual albums that came out this year. So, uh, 
Yeah. Rat, that's my pick. I'm with it. Wild card. Feel it. Let's go. Let's go. Talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody.